In three seconds, you will arrive at your destination. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Blossom Drive. I'm your host, Sarah, and we finna get it cracking. <laughs> so on last week's episode, I left you guys on a cliffhanger. I think now it's finally time to reveal my actual hijab story. I last spoke on the internal promise I had made to myself, but ultimately it was between Allah and I. Um, I took that covenant very seriously and I knew that once I had turned 18, I had to not only put the hijab on, but also learn my religion and start worshiping Allah as he commanded us to worship him. So did I fulfill that covenant? Yes. Well, so I thought I did. So with regards to the hijab, like we always say, our source is the Quran and Sunnah. If we go back to the Quran, we find that the Quran is very specific. A lot of people like to make the argument that it's vague. But with regards to the hijab, it's specific. And what it says about the hijab is that the female should place her khimar, which is a head covering. According to every Arabic dictionary, it's a head covering. And uh, initially the Arabs at that time, they would allow the tail of that scarf, that khimar, the head covering, to go onto their back and they would leave their chest exposed. So the Quran says to take this khimar, this head covering, and also use it to cover the chest. So based upon this verse, we understand that the head must be covered and the chest must be covered. This, this part of the body must be covered. This is what's referred to as hijab. Although the, the term hijab itself wasn't used in this verse, it's come to be known as hijab. So I started wearing the hijab um, around June or July 2016. And... Um, I know exactly why I started wearing it around this time. It was because I was beginning freshman year of college and I'm like, you know, I already reached age 18 and I'm going to go into a new setting where no one really knows me. So why not start off by wearing hijab? Um, now on the flip side, I remember this girl in high school actually was like, are you going to Georgia State too, Sarah? And I was like, yeah, girl. She was like, Okay, we're going to be turning up, right? I'm like, yeah, girl, we're going to be turning up. We're going to get lit. So it's like I'm already moving backwards. I haven't even begun this journey yet. And I'm already going backwards. So, girl, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear my hijab. Um, I'm going to start fresh. But then on the other side, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to have so many parties at school. I hope I'm able to pray and stuff. I hope I don't take my hijab off. And I'm worried about backtracking. But at the same time, I wanted to move forward and make a new, you know, name for myself. I wanted to have a, a fresh start, a clear mind, a clear heart, and just, you know, start my new journey. So y'all, y'all won't believe what happened. Throughout this entire process, my advisor, she was so lit. I think her name was like Miss Moss or something. She was helping me throughout everything. Everything was going great, gravy. I was asking her about when do I need to put the down payment down for my housing fee for school because I plan on living on campus for four years. Um, it was down the street, not down the street, down the street, but it was like 30 minutes away from the house. And I feel like it's not too bad if I want to visit my parents. You know, I can come back on the weekends and stuff like that. Tell me why I got an email from the IRS <laughs> or from FAFSA saying that I needed to have some type of verification and I was just not with it because what do you mean I need to verify everything right before school starts like it's August something I checked my email and it was like August 4th and I'm like bro school is about to start 
and y'all are telling me I need to verify something. So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. So, you know, I went up to the school with my dad and stuff, figuring stuff out with financial aid and all of that. Um, And whatever ended up happening, I couldn't, not only could I not stay on campus, but I had to end up going to Georgia State's GPC campus. So for the people who aren't in Atlanta, the GPC campus is stands for uh, Georgia Perimeter College. And so this is like a two-year uh, I think Georgia State bought Georgia Perimeter, but um, that campus was considered a two-year. When I tell y'all, my heart dropped. My heart sunk. I was like, why did this have to happen to me? So I was in my room when I got off the phone and I found out that message from my advisor and I was shattered. Y'all, I was in that room crying, bawling my eyes out like, why did this have to happen to me? Like, Oh my gosh, like my college experience is over, like before it even started. This sucks for me. Like, why do I have to go to a two-year? Why can't I stay on campus? I was crying my eyes out in that room. So let's go back a bit before I get into all of the college shenanigans. I'm chilling and it's summer 2016. A lot of people say that this was the summer of their lives. Um, I remember my cousins were hanging out. There was party after party after party. And before the end of June, I was already thinking about, okay, so now you're going to put on the hijab definitely before you start school. Now it's a matter of when. So I didn't put it on until about the end of June going into July. But before I had done so, I was hanging out with my cousins. I was going to the pool, was having fun and stuff like that. Um, towards the time when it was time for me to put the hijab on, they would invite me to go to parties. They would invite me to these different events that I was going to before. But now I know, okay, Sita, you're trying to change and turn a new leaf. Now you got to stand firm on your decision because you can't be one leg in, one leg out. That's what I was thinking to myself. So my cousins, I remember one day they were going to this event and they were like literally begging me, Sarah, please come, please come. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going, I'm not going. Um... And I was in the bed and after they left, I felt so lonely. I'm like, dang, they're going to have fun and I'm just here and I'm trying to start a new life and all of this. So, and at the time I wasn't perfect. I, well, I did put the hijab on, but I was still sitting, uh, outwardly and doing certain things and, um, still listening to music and things like that. And so that time was very lonely for me. I was having weave withdrawals, like it was a drug right um because I always used to get my hair done every couple of weeks I would get my hair done and that's something that I had enjoyed so when I stopped doing that I felt like an addict in rehab like I was having serious withdrawals some days I'd be like you know what I'm about to take this hijab off like I'm just about to go back and so uh subhanallah <laughs> that was a very interesting um state in my life but I was super determined so I'm like yeah, I'm talking all this nonsense, but I'm definitely not taking this hijab back off because I worked too hard to get here. And it was a little difficult for me, too, because my sister and I had done everything together, basically everything together our whole lives. We even had the same friends to an extent. I mean, as we got into like high school, it changed. Even in middle school, obviously, we have our own friends in school. But outside of that, our cousins are our best friends. Um, we do everything together. We go to all the events together. And so it's just like a sisterly duo. 
So I put my hijab on and I'm thinking, okay. I asked my sister, I'm like, when are you going to put your hijab on? Have you ever thought about it? Did I? She's like, yeah, girl, I'll be thinking about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, we having regular conversations. And so I'm like, okay, no problem. Maybe she's going to start next month and next month and next month. Until a whole year, I realized, like, okay, maybe she's going to do it after she graduates. But I'm like, oh. So I was in this by myself and I had not resentment towards my sister, but I was like, dang, I feel lonely because, bro, we were supposed to do this together. Even though I never verbalized that to her, which was so weird because I recently just talked to her about it. <laughs> and she was like, go ahead, bash me on your podcast, like in a funny way. So that's <laughs> super hilarious. Um, yeah, I expected for us to go on a journey together because we did everything else together. So may Allah continue to guide us all and my sister as well. So that happened. So back to square one. And I am so upset that I have to go to this two-year college. And I don't know why I was so upset about it. I think I had my mindset on a college experience and living on my own and stuff like that. And I wasn't able to get that. So subhanAllah, I was so devastated. I felt defeated. There was nothing I could do at this point. It was too late. It was over and done with. So I ended up going to the GPC campus in Clarkston and um, I had to go to school there. So I'm I'm in the advising office, I'm waiting to talk to someone and I see somebody familiar, I see Hasanatu. I'm like, she looks so familiar. Hasanatu asked me, are you going here? Yeah, I'm going here. And I tell her about everything that had happened and why now I have to go to this campus and stuff. So she was helping me out, um, get, get my financial aid figured out and getting my advisement and my classes and stuff together. So she was a big help for that. May Allah uh, reward her. So as time went on, um, me and Hasnatu kind of decided like, hey, we might as well carpool because we go to the same school anyway. There's less gas and we can all like, you know, rotate or we can put in um, and give each other gas money as we're going to school because, you know, we was all broke college students, honey. So as time went on, we got closer. So, you know, when you're always with someone, you know, you get comfortable with them. So we start talking. We talk about everything, you know, the religion. We talk about what's going on in the media, social media, the news, YouTube, whatever. And uh, my favorite conversations were the conversations about religion always. I always loved that. And so I remember one day she seen me with, I came to school and I was dressing like this back then. Yes, y'all. I had a turban on. I had these black high-waisted ripped jeans on with this short, well, short sleeve shirt on and um some sandals and i had my hair wrapped in a turban with my edges out swooped up swooped for life okay and so she she just randomly said something we're talking about something and we were in the cafeteria and she said sita do you know that that's not really hijab i'm like what you mean it's not hijab i'm already getting defensive because what are you talking about i feel like you're coming from you attacking my life and i don't know why right and she's like um that's not like how you wear hijab I learned that that's not hijab and she started explaining to me hijab is this this that, and the third you have to cover your hair you have to cover your neck this that, and the third you can't wear tight clothes blah 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 blah. I'm like child who is this girl talking to she can't tell me she just mad because I look cute <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what I thought or what I said but I just knew at this time I could not be advised, honey. You couldn't tell Sita anything. And I hate that I was like that. Um, 
but it helps me a lot now giving advice to people who are like that because I was very ignorant and arrogant at the same time right I was already ignorant to the fact that I didn't know what he what hijab was or I didn't I was ignorant to the fact that I didn't know anything about my religion for real and then I was arrogant about it because now don't tell me I'm not dressing like this. How are you going to tell somebody who's trying that they're doing it wrong? Like, what if you, I was telling her, what if you, uh, what if you discourage other people from trying to be on a straight path because you're coming at them telling them that this is not the proper way to wear it. And I was just going on and on and on. And from that moment on, y'all, I could not stand Hasnatu. I was like, girl, boo. So time went on and we were still going to school together. We still rode together, carport and all of that. And I would still hang out with her and stuff from time to time. But I was like, in my heart, I was like, yeah, me and you, we not vibing because you can't tell me that I'm not wearing my hijab properly. And you're really being discouraging about it. And da 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 But in the back of my mind, I'm like, but why would she say that, though? Like, hmm, I need to do my own research. Let me see why would she say something like this and where is she getting it from that we have to cover our whole bodies and wear like abayas or dresses or whatever and why does my neck and my ears and my edges can't show like what why is she where is she getting this from why is she saying this to me so I went I turned to my friend at the time Google I went to Sheikh Google and I asked uh I typed in something like is it permissible to wear pants or something like that is it permissible to wear um you know show my edges or something and unfortunately I clicked on Cora because that's the first thing I saw I clicked on Cora or I think that's how you say it and someone was like yeah you can wear pants as long as it's baggy and you can pray in them and stuff and this is and that was wrong information that was incorrect information and that's why you shouldn't take your religion from any and everybody um be very be very 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 vigilant and careful about where you take your knowledge from uh, because that's where a lot of extremism and a lot of laxy-daisiness comes from. It's, you know, either of the extremes. Either you too, oh, Allah's going to forgive me and you just do whatever you want or you're too extreme and you're doing the most, right? So both of those don't have anything to do with um, Islam, either side of the spectrum. you either too laxy daisy or you too extreme uh-uh we're not with that so that's why i say be careful with where you seek your knowledge from so at the time i thought that that was okay and i got my proof from google or whatever and then um i went back and had a conversation with hasnatu about it like no but google says as long as my pants is baggy blah 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 but hasnatu really didn't know like that either at the time and i remember her saying yeah but i just yeah that's not my style i just wear um baggy she just wears like a bias and I used to ask her why don't you just wear pants why don't you just wear pants why don't you just try to like you know switch it up dress cute she's like that's not my style so later on I we ended up finding out that actually a lot of the stuff we were doing was absolutely incorrect we used to uh drive to school blasting music and stuff and um even the idea that I thought wearing pants it was permissible for you to wear pants and pray all of these things were problematic um, because we asked our, well, I asked the local Imam, um, Imam Ahmed, and he mentioned to me that these things are not permissible at the time. And I was like, wow. And then when he started to say, okay, this is what's permissible. This is not, everything had changed for me. I was like, wow, okay, I'm, I can no longer wear pants. So I gradually started to change. I started to wear 
long shirts over my pants. Um, I tried to wear looser pants, long shirts. Uh, I started covering my neck and stuff like that. But I really still didn't understand the whole concept of um, hijab. But then something that stuck with me one time was I heard somewhere, I don't know if it was a lecture in person or I was watching something on YouTube. um, And it said, if you can't pray in it, don't wear it. And that that dawned on me because like facts, if I'm not going to be comfortable going into the masjid wearing this, then why am I wearing it outside? Or if I know that I can't stand before Allah in my prayer with this outfit on, why am I wearing it outside? You know, um, especially when you're trying to pray five times a day, that's when hijab becomes very important. Because unless you're going to carry an extra abaya in the car and always go put it on when it's time to pray, which I feel like it's kind of you know it's kind of doing too much for me i just felt like sit just do the right thing put the hijab on stop being resistant to the truth and just accept it don't be ignorant and arrogant and that's what i was telling myself at the time and ever since that day i've been very appreciative of hasnatu even bringing the concept of seeking knowledge to me she didn't necessarily tell me to do that but because she had advised me that this wasn't proper hijab I was like well I'm gonna check for myself and that led me to okay I need to figure out what does my religion really say right before somebody else tells me what 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 does it really tell me what is it really saying so that opened um that door for me subhanallah and since I'm on the topic of being advised um when you first begin practicing it's like, wow, everything becomes new to you. For my people who wear glasses and contacts, you know, once you boop, boop, pop them in, pop them on, you're like, wow, everything is so clear. You know, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You feel me? <laughs> so that's the vibe I got when I first began practicing. And after that moment, something clicked, something ignited in me. I was like, wow, all these people who were advising me before, they didn't hate me. They wasn't hating on me. They wasn't trying to embarrass me. They wanted good for me. That's why they were advising me. So it makes you appreciate all of those people. And you remember every single person that advised you. So may Allah bless every single person that have uh, has advised me in the past and that continues to advise me. And may Allah allow them to reap reward every time I put the hijab on and advise other sisters and inspire other people um, to do so. I remember specifically, uh, there was this man named Baba in the discount mall. I don't know his real name, but I know we all used to call him Baba. And he was this really like graceful guy. He was kind of funny and really nice to people. I don't remember him ever being problematic. Um, every time my sister and I would walk into his shop, I mean, walk uh, by his shop, he would call us to step in his shop and he would advise us like, hey, you guys need to put the hijab on. You're getting older, you know, your sins are going to be counted as your own. So you need to definitely put the hijab on and don't play with your life and this, that, and the third. And so I would dread walking past his shop. And um, he worked inside of a discount mall and my mom has a restaurant on the outside of it. So we would deliver people's meals to them um, in the discount mall. And so every time we would have to walk past his shop to deliver someone's food, I would try to hide from him. I would try to walk quickly or something. And subhanAllah, I had heard news that he had passed away. 
uh, may Allah have mercy on him and grant him Jannah to Firdos. And that was like a dagger to my heart. And by this point, I had already began wearing uh, the hijab. So this had to be two years later, like one or two years later um, from him always advising and me always running away from him. And I found out that he passed away. And that really, really hurt me because he always advised in a kind and gentle way. He always had good manners. And he was just nice and funny to my sister and I. And I was like, dang, it's so sad that now he can't see my progress. Like, I actually did it. I actually wore the hijab and I'm starting to wear it the proper way. Um, so, subhanAllah, that's so sad. It's like after someone is not there, you hear their message louder. And I'm not talking about on no weird shirki, uh-uh, ancestry, hearing the dead type of stuff. No, <laughs> I'm talking about like the message that he left behind. Although he constantly said something to me about putting the hijab on and covering and worshiping Allah, it's as if his message became clear. I heard it louder um, after he passed away. So may Allah reward him for advising me. One of the most important lessons I learned throughout this entire journey was that Allah always got your back. If you have faith in Allah, Allah will help you find a way out. If you fear Allah, Allah will help you find a way out. And I didn't peep that in the midst of my situation, but if you remember that in the beginning, it lessens your anxiety, it lessens the depression, you know, all the worry that you have. Allah really literally is the only one that has your back truly and unconditionally. And subhanAllah, um, I was so sad and depressed in that room when I was crying about not being able to live on campus. But Allah was saving me from something that I did not see coming. You know, some of the people who I wanted to room with are now, whew, alhamdulillah, I'm not in their shoes. May Allah guide them. Um, and also, I you don't know what situation you would have ended up in had you been on campus. A lot of people stopped praying. A lot of people took off the hijab, got wild, started partying, got pregnant. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for saving me from myself. Um, something interesting happened the other day. A sister DM'd me mentioning how she felt lonely on her new journey. She started wearing hijab and a lot of people switched up on her. And um, that's a similar experience to my situation. A lot of friends had dropped shed it off because it's not me putting on the hijab per se it's more so of like the lifestyle you live does not match my lifestyle and my morals so I don't know how we can coexist do you get what I'm saying I do respect you but to always be around you will become very difficult unless you had intentions or plans on also bettering yourself um and Honestly, it, it became difficult because now, okay, you're riding with your friend and she's playing music and you're like, hey, I don't listen to music no more. She's like, girl, yesterday you was just doing this, this, and the third. And it's like, okay, that's not cool. You know, bringing up somebody's past, but sis, like that was me yesterday and this is me today. So, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes um, when you're changing and stuff like that, but I believe that Allah is secluding you for a reason so that you can become better and stronger and be able to stand up for yourself and be able to, you know, choose your path and not be influenced by someone else's path. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of the time when you hear somebody's going on a journey, they talk about this thing of, of like solitude about losing people and um, people leaving them. 
and stuff like that is very interesting and i i don't know the wisdom behind it but i'm sure it's for a great reason because the law is great and the law only wants good for us and so when you look back at it that solitude really helps a lot it really helps you find who you are and not who your parents want you to be who your siblings want you to be who your aunts and uncles and family want you to be who your friends want you to be no it's now I'm alone I can think for myself I can think what do I want what do I like and I want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah becomes your companion and your everything um I also believe that a lot of the things I've learned about hijab and how I'm supposed to cover came after I got married and I'm so happy that my husband and I were able to like learn a lot of things together so that it wouldn't seem like one person is controlling the other or one person is um, growing without the other person. I'm glad that we were able to learn and grow uh, together. I learned so many things like we weren't supposed to wear pants. I cannot wear tight dresses. I learned about the concept of tabaruj and I'm going to talk about these things in other episodes inshallah. So one of the things that I love, one of the trips that I love that happened um, during, I think this was like the second year of my marriage. I think it's been four years now, but I think it was like second or the ending of my first year. We took a trip to the, to the UK. We went to London for um, matting in the masjid. And it was actually, I think it was called Knowledge Con, not matting in the masjid. It was Knowledge Con. And it, it was an event where the sisters slept over at the masjid and so did the brothers. I think it was like uh, three days, two nights type of thing. And we it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, they talked about Tawheed. They talked about uh, women covering. They talked about having a relationship with the Quran. And being among like hundreds of sisters who, are, who look so beautiful covered. Wallahi, this one is beautiful. They look absolutely stunning to me. The way that they wore their hijabs and abayas, and it it wasn't too tight. It was classy. It gave, it was giving, you know, it was giving grown woman, um, righteous woman, you know, and I love that look. I love a classy, clean look. And they were all absolutely beautiful. That was the very first time I, I was in an environment like that. Like, you could still have fun and enjoyment in the way that Allah wants you to. You don't have to have a party with music and doing impermissible things. But you can have a party. You can play some halal beats, some halal nasheeds. You can get together with your girls. They don't have to be boys um, um, that are invited. And you don't have to post and expose each other. It can be some fun, good halal vibes. And why not do something like that where Allah's going to put more barakah in it? You know, more goodness, more blessing, more khayr in it. So that's how I feel when I went to Knowledge Con. And I remember telling my husband, like, this is crazy. Like, it's lit. And that was my first time seeing sisters with niqab on up close in person. I'm like, hmm, these girls just wearing niqab like it's nothing. Some of them are younger than me. Some of them were like 19. Some were 20. And I think I was like one of the oldest people in, um, there at the time. And I'm just like, hmm, these girls, they don't really care. Like, they're still wearing it, and they're wearing it in a beautiful way, and they're still themselves. You know, just because a woman decides to cover her face or cover her body doesn't mean that she's now a different person, right? 
maybe she has a different goal. Now maybe her goal is, I want the ultimate pleasure of Allah. I want the ultimate love of Allah, right? I want the ultimate um, acceptance from Allah. But that doesn't mean she's a different person and she should be treated differently. No. So I just fell in love with the niqab immediately, instantly upon seeing it in person. And um, subhanAllah, it was so beautiful to me. And I remember when we began um, introducing ourselves, some of the sisters removed their niqab when it was just all girls. And I'm like, yo, she's mad beautiful. These girls are gorgeous. They're gorgeous. They're, I'm like thinking in my mind, they're much more beautiful than me. Allahumma barik. So if they're covering their faces, why can't I do it? What's my excuse? And I'm like, this is before I even looked into what was um, obligatory or not obligatory. I just loved the way the niqab looked. I felt like it was something that only righteous, righteous uh, sisters would do. And I felt like, wow, this is such a beautiful thing. So that's when I fell in love with it. And uh, now I'm at a stage where, alhamdulillah, I have moved on to the niqab. I remember when I was telling my husband in Germany, I was like, I think I want to wear the niqab. He was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, how would you feel if I wore it? He was like, that's dope. And I was like, you think so? He was like, yeah, I would love my wife to wear the niqab. That's cool. That's dope. And I was thinking in my head, like, is he just saying that? Like, would he act differently if I wore it? Would he be embarrassed of me and stuff like that? And so um, that's how it all started. That's how I ended up going from absolutely nothing all the way to only thing you can see now is my eyes and sometimes my hands, but I'm trying to get back on the glove wave. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember at a time when I was wearing um, my turban as a hijab and I was calling it the hijab. A lot of other girls that began practicing would DM me and say, hey, I started wearing the hijab because of you. And. I realized now that they weren't doing it the proper way. And a lot of them are still wearing it the way that I first started wearing it. Um, and if any of those people are listening, I was wearing it the wrong way, honey. So there's a proper way to wear hijab. And um, inshallah, in one of the future episodes, I'm going to talk about the conditions of hijab and what's the proper way to uh, cover yourself. But that's not the right way. The turban, showing your edges, showing your body. You should wear loose clothing and you should cover yourself, your ears, your neck, and your hair. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like it's super important. After going to London and experiencing that, subhanAllah, I was like, yo, it it truly does matter who you who you keep around you, the company you keep, the friends you have. You know what I'm saying? Um, subhanAllah. It's very, very, very important. It's very important. When you begin practicing, two of the most important things is beneficial knowledge and righteous companions. And I'm going to talk about that soon. I think many people are afraid to begin wearing it because they think that you have to be absolutely perfect in every single way. I remember when I first began wearing the hijab, um, a lot of my peers, for some reason, I felt like some of these people resented me because or something was there because when I will put it on and I'll be like oh well you know music is haram or this and that and the third they'll pull out the cards like okay but you was just doing this last year okay but you just did this and this a couple months ago now all of a sudden you holy okay Sheka okay Imama or like they would try to you know mock me and stuff like that and I think um don't let that stop you because I learned now that that's an internal thing they're projecting how they feel onto you so 
Alhamdulillah, um, don't let that stop you. The fact that you're going to continue sinning. You know, I have some friends who are not Muslim or I had some friends that were not Muslim. And it's interesting because when I asked them, do they believe what Christianity preaches? Uh, they say the morals parts. Yes, but they don't believe in Trinity and they don't believe that Jesus is God and things like that. So I asked, why don't you accept Islam? And they say, because it's too strict or because I'm not ready to be perfect. I can't let go of pork. But what they fail to realize is that Muslims still sin. We're always going to sin. If we weren't sinners, why would we need why would we need Allah? You get what I'm saying? Um, if we weren't sinners, why would we strive for Jannah? So that's just food for thought for anybody listening. You won't always be perfect. Putting the hijab on doesn't mean right away I'm going to stop all my bad habits. No, there are some things I'm still battling now. It's just now I know that one should not broadcast their sins. So anything that I do that I know is not right, I don't want anyone to know about it. I'm ashamed of it. So um, definitely just do it. Just do it. Go for it. If you're thinking about wearing the hijab, sis, go for it. And uh, one of the one of the last things I wanted to say was that the sun doesn't lose its value or beauty when it's covered by the clouds. Think about it. The sun doesn't lose its value or beauty when it's covered by the clouds. So you don't lose your value or beauty either just because you put the hijab on. In fact, I think your value goes up 10 times more. Subhanallah. What a beauty, right? Something hitting, something cherished for only those who are important. So I love that. And it's interesting because the hijab made me stop. It's, it deterred me from doing a lot of sinning publicly. Uh, I forgot to add that. And I wonder if anyone else uh, resonates with that. Because I was like, who is going to go to a club, turning up, acting a nut with a full hijab and a bio on? Oh, like, that's weird. Or me in a car bumping loud music with a hijab and a bio on. I just thought all of these things were like, you know, contradictory to it. So I didn't, it, it, it deterred me from making a lot of mistakes publicly. And um, once I became aware of that, I relied on it more and more and more. And I was so happy to add more layers to myself. Um, because I learned too that hijab is an Arabic word meaning barrier or a partition or like some sort of protection, right? And, um, but in Islam, however, it has a broader meaning. Uh, it's the principle of modesty and it includes, you know, behavior as well as dress dressing um, for both male and females. Men have a hijab that they have to wear, too. They have to cover a certain type of way. And I know we don't hear it a lot, but that's actually very interesting to me when I found out. So my last message to you is hasten towards all that is good. And I just wanted to leave you guys with one last message and that's you know we're all gonna die and you're gonna be alone in your grave and all of our bodies have to be wrapped from head to toe no part of our body showing when we're buried so my dear sisters don't let your last day on earth be the first day that you wear the hijab may Allah continue to guide us and may Allah elevate us and may Allah love us and make us among those he loves the most 
I appreciate you guys listening to the second episode. This concludes episode two. May Allah reward you guys for your constant support and the love and the feedback I'm getting. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at Blossom Drive Podcast and continue to like and share and comment because I love the feedback. I love when you guys interact with me. And inshallah, we continue to grow together. So thank you for stopping by at the Blossom Drive. And take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace.